Hello, everybody. So, today I want to tell the story of my hero. The story of my late father, Muhammad Beladankuri, who passed away December 10th, 2018. So, if you're not in the mood for a biography, um, this is a forewarning this is going to be a biography the as the much i knew about my father um however though while i narrate my father's story i like to chip in one or two things i learned from him as pertains to freedom. Uh, because I think my father was influential in my acceptance of freedom, like total freedom. This is rare. Um, I'm not trying to blow my horn, but I am rare. As of today, I have not known or heard of anyone from Africa. So I'm not talking about African-Americans who were born outside of Africa. No, African natives who is for complete freedom, meaning total absence of force. That means zero government. Um, and all other kinds of force. I have not heard. So I am, I am rare, to be honest, in terms of freedom. And I think my father has contributed hugely to my acceptance of total freedom. So time to time, as an Irish history, I will point that out. All right, let me begin. My plan is to tell a little bit of uh, his story, where he came from, his circumstances of his upbringing, which I really don't know anything about, and then up to present moment. It's going to be more of summary because I really do not know a lot about my, my father's past. So like his childhood, his parents, for one. I have not met any of my grandparents from my dad's side. Neither from my mom's side as well. So I don't know anything about them. I don't even know how they look like. No any history, no any book record, nothing. Nothing was passed to him. Nothing was that he passed. I was able to extract some information from him 
So he told me who his parents were, where they came from, all of that. And I'm so glad I did. I documented it because I'm into this kind of thing. So I'm so glad I did. This is a treasure now. And that he's no longer with me. He was my last connection to these stories. Maybe not last. He still has two surviving uh, siblings. A brother and a sister. Um, I've never spoken to them about this. I don't know if they know any much. He was the oldest among them. Okay, so enough of that. Let me dive into the story of my late father. My late father's name was Muhammad. That was his first name. His last name was Bello. He was born in Yobe State, in Potiskum local government area, in a town called Bula. M B U L A. I believe it's a is a Fulani derived name. But that was where he was born. I do not know when my father was born. Neither did he. So his date of birth is unknown. I don't know how old he was. None of that. However, just from his physical look, at least my father should be 70 years old. He should be at least 70. And that is tremendous in Africa. The life span, the life cycle, the, what, what is it called? The lifespan, the average life expectancy of a Nigerian is in the 40s, is in the mid 40s. So my father to have lived past 60, past 70, which I believe he was. Yeah, my dad had had uh, one of the longest. He's at the top of people with very long life expectancy in Nigeria. So at least he's 70 years old. Um, he was born, like I said, in Yobe State. Now, his father's name was Malam Kadiri. Malam is not a real name. It just means it's a very common additive to a name in Nigeria. More like a respect, but originally it is derived from Islamic origin um, in Hausa language. So when you are referred to as Malam, you are referred to as a teacher. So his father 
was known as teacher Kaderi. I'm guessing he taught Quranic studies or, or he was just respected. I do not know his father's last name. That's all I know. His father's name was Malan Kader. His mother's name was Fatima, uh, Fatima Aminatu. I also do not know her last name. So Fatima and Kaderi, his parents. Now, his parents... Um... Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to take all of what I said back. I'm going to take it back. I'm really sorry. Those were his grandparents. Okay, so let me start this again. My father's mom, her name was Fatima. And I also do not know her last name. His father it was Muhammad Bello. Muhammad Bello. That was his father's I think that was his father's first and last name. Now, his grandparents from his mom's side, from his father's side, were Malan Kadri and Fatima Aminatu. Now, my mother's, my father's mother. And my father's father. They were both from a state in Nigeria called Bauchi. Arandarazu. There is a town called Tale. I hope I'm pronouncing it well. I've never been there. I didn't even know it exists till what my father told me. So his parents married in Tale. And then they moved to where my father was born, which was in Potiskum, local government of Yobe State. Now, I don't know why they moved. I don't know why they moved. Um, but uh, from what I can tell, they might have moved for greener pastures. So they are full of needs. And their, their trades are either farming, but mostly cattle rearing, so animal rearing. So I don't know if for some reason they moved down south. Actually, that would have been north, up north. Um, either, yeah, I don't know, either because his parents wanted to teach at that town because they are one of the founding fa founding people of the town of Bula. Um, so anyways, they moved and there my father was born. And his first name was Muhammad. His father's name was Bello. Now, my father has two other siblings. He was the firstborn, and there's a female, secondborn. Her name is Hawa. She's still alive. 
and the last born his name was Ibrahim and he's still alive as well they were all born there now my father finally moved out of well, out of the town he was born in I remember he said the reason he moved out was because he did not inherit the trade of rearing cows from his parents. So his parents had no cows. So therefore he did not inherit any. And that was the reason he moved out of that town to begin another trade. And that trade was driving. So really my father has been driving right from his childhood until the last uh, 10 years. That was my father's uh, occupation, just driving. Now, so one, it's, it's interesting, uh, the circumstances that just happens in people's life. If, had it been my father inherited some cows, some animals, I don't know if I would have been born, honestly. Because my mom was not his tribe, was not from that town. He met her outside of his town. Um, so anyways, my father left uh, his hometown, but before he left, I think his, his dad passed away, uh, Mohammed Bello, and then later his mom. So it's interesting. My father's father died uh, when, my, when my father was, uh, I don't think my father was as old as me, when both of his parents died. But his dad, um, no, 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 hold on. I, my father's father died when my father was much younger. Probably when he was less than 15 years old. Now his mom died either before I was born or shortly after I was born. Because I did remember my, my mom telling me that my, father, my father's mom died when I was either born or right before I was born. So his mom really lived uh, quite, a, uh, quite a bit. So, anyway, so my father left. He met my mom in a town, I would say about uh, four hours away. From his from where he was born, and I will refer that at his hometown because that was where he's born. That was where his his parents really settled and gave birth and had uh, their trade and occupation and all of that. So he moved out of his hometown, four hours away north in Maiduguri, and that's where he met my mom. He married my mom. Uh, but before he did that, 
he had another wife. If you're not aware, as a Muslim, a Muslim can marry up to four wives. Um, so my father had another wife before he married my mom. Now they did not; he did not have any children from his from his previous from that marriage. He met my mom. He married her, and that led to the separation of my dad with his first wife, what I would refer to as his first wife. She left. I don't know why. Probably because, you know, she couldn't give birth and they couldn't get along with my mom. And I don't know. But she left. And then my mom and dad finally left my degree and set up for Bochi. And that was where I was born, and that was where my brother was born. My mom also had previously married with children. One of her children, my step-sister, Saadatu, or popularly known as Lami, also moved in with us in Bochi. My dad loved Lami. She was telling me how he would go and just get things for her. She was the first child he never had. My, fa- my father loved Lami. I never knew that Lami was my stepsister. I swear to God. I knew this when I was at least 15 years old that my sister was actually my stepsister. And that felt weird. Uh, But because the relationship had been sown, I never see her as my, my stepsister. I swear to God. Internally in my brain. I only see her like my sister, like we are born from the same father. Um, anyways, so there in Bauchi, my dad, my mom, my sister, my steps, I'll call her my sister, but she's actually my stepsister, then me, then my little brother. Um, when my father relocated to while in Bauchi, my father worked as a driver. Now, we, I later started, I st- okay, this story is not about me, so I should try not to tell, uh, not to deviate from my father only, because I wanted to tell the story of how I started school, but this is important. In Bauchi, that's where I started school. I saw kids so I saw kids, my friends rather, my friends uh, would go to school in the morning and at, in the evening, at night, in the evening, afternoon, they would come back and we would play. But in the morning, I had no one to play with. So I told my dad I want to go, I, I want to, go to school. That was the beginning. 
So I initiated my own schooling. Now, my father was thinking of, he was telling me, he was thinking of taking me, when we, when we would have grown older, he's thinking of taking us to military school. Uh, but luckily, we weren't older then. Before I proposed, I go to school too. Because I miss my friends in the morning. There was no one to play with. And my father dragged me to school. The reason why I said dragged it was when the day came to take me to school, I started crying that I didn't want to go. I swear to God. <laughs> we, I, I remember vividly in my memory, and I will never forget this, we went outside looking for a car, a taxi, to take her to the school. We never had one. And so my father and I trekked from where we were to the school, which, which was at least close to an hour. And I cried at least halfway through that. He never let me go. He dragged me all the way to school. And I will forever thank him for that. I don't know what would have happened if he hadn't persisted. Maybe I would have asked again, but who knows? So anyways, now, later, many years later, my father started working in Abuja. The reason being that he lost, he lost his job with the with his manager that he has known for many, many years. His manager moved out of Bauchi to Kaduna. We moved there temp temporarily, actually. We moved to Kaduna when, when I was little. And my manager, my father's manager, lost his wealth, and my father came back to Bauchi. My father, at then, he was driving a water tank for his boss in Bochi and in Kaduna State. That was what my dad was doing for the month for many, many years. Anyways, he came back and then job wasn't stable. Then my, my father had a friend in Abuja. And I think he knew that friend it's not really his friend because the man is much younger than my father. I think he knew him through someone, either through his boss or through someone. So the man invited my father to Abuja, which was way south, central Nigeria from Bochi. And that's uh, how a new chapter of my life began. My father went to Abuja at least three or four times. He would go there, spend a month, sometimes weeks, and then came back, and then go back again, went back again. So finally, we decided to move to Abuja. We moved to Abuja. Um, <laughs> I remember we moved to Abuja. The day we moved, it took us a long time to find a house that we were supposed to go. 
but we later found it. I spoke no English. Ah, God, I was, that was in 1993-94 when we moved to Abuja. Um, I remembered so vividly. Um, in any case, so that was where my basically where I went to primary school and so on and so forth. But my father from Bochi, you know, to when I started knowing that I existed all the way to Abuja, my father, the relationship between my father has been, has been an interesting one. My father has beaten me once when I was little, and I think it was when we were in Kaduna, and that was it. That was all I remember from my father beating me. Otherwise, my father, since then, he had not put put his hand on me. Um, maybe occasionally he would shout, but rarely, rarely. I actually do not remember, but I'm sure it has happened. Um, before. But uh, the way he brought me up was I won't say him alone, but with my mom, but since he was the man of the house, his, his impact is more than that of my mom. So he's kind of the man of the high. He dictates, he dictates kind of how things go when in my house. I, he had sort of a free-range attitude towards upbringing. When I was growing up, I literally had like almost a limited freedom to do things on my own. I don't remember coming home and my father telling me what to do or what not to do. I really do not remember. It has always been as though I knew I have parents, but I, but I do things on my own. So, for example, in the morning when I was little, before I began school, I remember I would go out, come back, come back and eat, then go out again, went back, sleep. In the morning, I would see my dad um shortly before he leaves for work and that's that's how it has been um while in abuja as well i i don't see my dad a lot so i cry i because he, he works a lot he went when he went he went to work uh, before seven before six my father my father is usually out and then i'm sleeping usually but when i when i grew older by then I'm awake I will, because I will go pray. But once my father pray morning prayer, he's out. He was out. I'm sorry. I might be using present tense as though my father is, is still alive. Um, that is because my English is really bad. Just in case you haven't noticed. In almost a uh, hundred odd 
podcast. Yeah, my, my English is, is terrible. It's terrible. Anyways, so... So, I have a father who is there for me. But I'm kind of on my own. I was kind of on my own. This is similar to my mom. My mom is usually the one I'm with at home most of the time. And... I do the chores. I also, I am the money maker. Children are usually the money makers. It's usually the children that will sell things for the, for the, for the, for the mom, for, for the wife. So my mom has a little business at home and my, my sister and I, before my brother got older, were the money makers. So we'll go and sell this stuff for my mom, come home, so I kind of hated this at the beginning. I hated it. I hated it. I wanted to go and play. But she would I always ask me to, to go and sell things for her. Now, now when, my, when my little brother got older, he never got to do this. He was fortunate because he didn't go to school when he was older. He jumped right into my father's trade, which was driving. And that's what he does now. Um, so, but yes, that's uh, my relationship. My, I, that, that, okay, I can't even talk. Uh, if I'm able to talk, I was going to say that uh, me and my father don't uh, like when I see people sitting down with their parents and have like long more than a 30 minutes an hour discussion it kind of baffles me because I never had that with my father I don't sit down and talk with my father that's how I grew up one I don't see him a lot and two he really isn't that kind of person he's the kind of person that kept to himself most of the time all of the, most of the time actually now he talks with his friends. He's really sociable with his with his friends. He was, but uh, with generally even with my mom, we're not that kind of family. But what I noticed was, when my little brother got older, when he started my father's trade, because they hanged out a lot. They hung a lot, hung out a lot. Him and my brother really do talk a lot. And when I see that, I, I was surprised that they could actually sit down and talk and talk and talk. And I think um, that uh, imp- the impact of that, I can, st- I can still see that in my life. Um, I can talk, but... Uh, I am highly introverted, independent person. Um, and I think that came from my dad. From, from my family, my mom and my dad generally. Um, so, anyway, so that's kind of... my kind of relationship with my father and I think that has a lot of now 
the other thing that also that has a huge impact on me that I learned from my dad is his non-interference attitude. My father is really down to earth. When he walks, he walks with his head, with literally his head down, looking, looking at, the, at the ground. He does not interfere in people's affairs. I swear to God. My father was peaceful, not interfering. Kind. And that, that, that has a huge impact on my acceptance to freedom. Because I lived in a house that will really make trouble. Now, when I was little, I make trouble. But not, I don't see my father or my mom fighting. Now, my mom, sort of a troublemaker. But my dad, none, zero. So I think growing up, having that kind of impact really accelerated my acceptance of freedom, non-interference by force. Because that's, I didn't grow up in a, in a household that force was used much, really. I mean, my father beat me once. I think my, my mom beat me a couple times, but I don't remember. The one I don't remember was that of my dad. But that was it. I had a fairly non-violent childhood in African standard, in Nigerian standard. Fairly, fairly peaceful, largely peaceful background. And I'm grateful for that impact. than my father has of me. Now, so we moved out. Uh, my father continued to drive. And then he lost his, his, uh, his, his, Tipa, Tipa is a dump truck, basically a big car that carries sand because it wasn't his own. Now, he, my, my father largely, for all his life, worked for others. Now, he has had like one or two vehicles of his own, but that was it. But most of his life was driving for others. Um, so... After a while, my father st stopped driving. I, I don't know. He couldn't find someone that would give him a vehicle to drive. And what he resorted doing was, instead of driving, he would be among the people that would load the sand onto the car, onto the vehicle. And I have gone many times with my, with my father to do that trade when I'm on vacation. But my brother was full-time with my dad. 
that my father was such a such a strong, strong human being. Like physically. You gotta see the kind of labor, hard labor, digging sand from the shore of a river onto the shore itself. Like digging the sand from a river onto the, sh- onto the shore, then from the shore onto the, the vehicle. That was a hard labor, hard crunching labor. And my father was doing that close to his death. But it has greatly reduced. He would go out a couple months, uh, months before his death. He would go out time to time, go and gather the sand and then sell it. Such, such a strong-willed person. And I let, I, and I'm, that is a, also a great impact that I, that I'm grateful for. Hard work. Hard work. I grew up seeing someone constantly working. My mom constantly trying to innovate, trying to do business. I am, I am lucky. Now, after my father moved us to Abuja, because of that, my extended family from my mom's side also moved to Abuja from my mother's village. This is amazing what happens when someone led the way. My father moved to Abuja and soon after People from my mother's village came. My extended family, even those that are not my, my family, my extended family, they came to Abuja. And right now, at least 70 of them are in Abuja with their children. Doing a lot better than they would have if they were in the village. Most of, like, uh, for example, my mom's brother, older brother, he's still alive. Most of his mates of the same age are dead in the village. The same thing with my mom. The same thing with her sister. All of which had, have children with their own children as well. So grandchildren. Yeah, I would say we are well over 70 right now. Close to or more to 100 than anything else. So imagine 100 plus people enjoying longer lifespan, 
going to school, their, their children, of course, all because of one man, my father. And I don't think the children of my extended family would ever go to the village again. They will certainly stay in the city, go to school, get more opportunities, have their own children. This alone is a legacy of my father that I'm very, very proud of. Now, over the years, my dad has been known with different names. His name was Muhammad Bel Muhammad. Uh, but uh, while growing up, he was named Don Kori by his peers because he loved the song that that word was in the song. So he, he would sing it and his peers, his friends, named him Don Kori. And so in most places that knew my father, they didn't know him as Muhammad. They knew him as Don Kori. And that's how I got the name. That is my middle name. Uh, in his home, though, in his, within his family, he was known as Babawuru. Babawuru, I think, is a full new word for man of the house. Like I've said earlier, my father lost his dad at an earlier age. So he assumed, as the oldest son, he assumed the responsibility of his mom, his little sister, and his little brother. So he was known as Baba Wuro, the man of the house. Yeah. Such a strong-willed man. My father has been busy working for his entire life. He never got retired. I have tried to establish business more than twice, but it never worked. Not because he couldn't, and I think it was because of my mom. That is a story for another day. Such, such an honor to have been born by this man, to have been his son. I'm so proud. And I can't believe I'm saying this. I can't believe that he's not alive. This is painful. This is hard for me. This is hard. I've lost the one thing that has been constant in my life. He was the constant in my life. My mom, at some point, she left us for many, many years. 
So my father has been my constant. He's certainly my hero. Such an honor. That is, uh, I think that is it. That is the summary of the life of my father, Muhammad Bello Dankori. I really, really appreciate it if you stay this long. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for listening. And to my hero, may you rest in peace. May Al Genital Firdaus be your final award. And I couldn't be proud to be your son. And I promise to keep his legacy of peace, nonviolence, and hard work. Adieu, Baba. Rest in peace.